This is an ABC podcast. Jordan Rickey had three players about three metres away. Those three players were teammates. The closest Tiger was on the platform at Milton Station. Is it possible for it to be a long year, six rounds into a season? Because it has felt like a long year for the West's Tigers. As the dad joke goes, they had the bye this week, but there's no guarantee there. Sorry. So while they're not playing this weekend, they could still have a win. Today we want to try and think positive for the Tigers fans in our life. It's a thought experiment. How would one fix the West's Tigers? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Michael Karianis is a senior NRL writer for News Corp. You will hear him on Grandstand Rugby League with Andrew Moore and the gang, MC. Before we try to think about fixing the Tigers, we probably need to know what we're fixing. Can you sum up their season to date so far? <laughs> yeah, hello, Stacky. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure how long we have, but it's just probably been one mess after another. They finished last year with the wooden spoon, but started this year full of hope. New coach. Uh, the returning Tim Sheens, who, who led the club to premiership glory in, in 2005, surrounded by Benji Marshall and Robbie Farah, two players that were part of that premiership side. And they signed arguably, uh, you know, the most active in the recruitment in, in the offseason, Api Koroyas, our world-class player from the Panthers. Isaiah Papalihi, one of the best back rowers in the game, David Clemmer, John Bateman. They really added some, some class to a side that desperately needed it. But they start the year winless. Top. Beats bottom. Top goes 5-0, bottom goes 0-5. A hiding at the cauldron. They've had a few injuries mounting. There's pressure on on the coach and the club. They had the Anzac Day jersey fiasco um, where it was revealed that they had American soldiers on on, on their jersey and had to apologise. If one single person um, that has fought for our country is offended by what we did, that's one person too many. As we sit here, they haven't won a game yet. It's certainly been painful. There's headaches deluxe. And as you touch on, coming into the season, the club went back to the future with that coaching team. Legends everywhere you look. Farah, Marshall, Sheens, the nucleus of their last premiership. The vibes are immaculate. So why has the coaching team struggled to generate wins so far, do you think? I'm really not sure. I think I had hopes for, for the Tigers this year in, in terms of, well, obviously, naturally, you thought they were going to improve. They finished last last year. With the players that they added, I, I would have thought that they would have climbed four or five spots on, on that ladder. I never thought they had a top eight roster because they still had lots of uncertainty around their, their one, six and seven and, and whether they could get the best out of them. Their outside backs struggle a little bit, but I thought that forward pack would be able to carry them to, to a few victories and all we heard in the off-season was about this attack and this free-flowing football that we were supposed to see and, you know, memories of 05. That's what they kept banging on about in the off-season and we've just seen none of it. Bateman runs to his right, runs backwards, then he links up with Asu Kapoa who just dropped it cold for a knock-on. A very disappointing end to that play for the West Tigers. and Succession's a great TV show. When you apply <laughs> it to coaching, yeah, you know, it can be a bit more of a mixed bag regardless if it's AFL, NRL, whatever. What's your read on how the Sheens-Marshall dynamic is working or not? Well, it's, it's not working at the moment. When, when you start the year 0-5, you know, there's dramas there, especially with that playing roster they got. They should not be uh, sitting last on, on that premiership ladder. So, you know, we've seen succession plans work. You look at South Sydney and, and Jason Demetrio after replacing Wayne Bennett and being, he's, you know, identified, 
years ago to be his long-term replacement, and that's worked seamlessly at the Dolphins. We've got Wayne Bennett again going to hand over the, the reins to Christian Wolf in, in a couple of years, so we get to judge that one on its merits. But um, in terms of the Tigers, you know, they'll start him from a low base, and, and the sad thing is I think they've sunk even lower than, than they did at the back end of last year because their calibre of player is much better this year than it was last year. 28, blot, zip, zero, and some may say... In the classics, Clinton, the Tigers are lucky to be naught. Can you see a world, MC, where they would accelerate the transition and try to move Benji Marshall into the head coaching role and Sheen's into the director of coaching role sooner than might have been planned? I don't think so. I, I don't see what that would achieve. I don't think it, ha- it happens at all this year, whether they reassess it at the, at the end of the year and go, well, let's turn that transition over now. Obviously, Sheens has been appointed for the next two years and the Benji Marshall three years after that as head coach. But I don't know what Benji could do differently than what's happening now. He's still very heavily influential in the side. You know, he's an assistant coach, but we see him on game day relaying messages directly to the bench in the coach's box. He's the one wearing the headset with Tim Sheen sitting alongside him. Um, so I don't think he can do much more than, than what he's doing now. And at the moment, he can. there's a bit of a safety blanket in having Sheen's there because Sheen's is the head coach. So if things aren't going well, well, it's still under Sheen's watch. Yeah, so it's not that far away. I hope we win the bye anyway in a couple of weeks. But if you fast-track Benji and that doesn't work, where do you go to from there? Let's talk short-term and then long-term. In the short-term, the club has been gifted a buy, a huge opportunity to reset. <laughs> what should the club be doing right now to fix their season? You know, bonding sessions, tactical tweaks, positional overhauls. If you're in charge, what levers are you pulling, MC? Well, when, you, when you're 0-6, I think you've you got to try and evaluate everything that, that's been going wrong to, to start the year. Look, that was better, much better signs. There's no doubt about that. I, I like what we saw from from them at the start of, of last week against Parramatta, and they were in the contest. It's a heartbreaking loss to the West Tigers. They had their chance. They were all over them. You know, if that was round one, you go, OK, we can see things happening here for the Tigers. You know, there's some improvement from what we saw last year and the like, but we're six rounds in. That's the issue for them. I'm not exactly sure what we can expect to, to see from them next week. They need to find an Adam Dewey replacement. I think that will be number one. Uh, the 5'8 ruptured his ACL again, so he's gone for this season now, and, and so that's a huge blow for them. Dewey the catch, but he's hurt himself. Oh, no. He's hit the deck immediately, worried about his left leg. Time off, says referee Cummins. Dewey is on the deck. So I, I don't know how they would have spent this week. I think it would have been usually usually teams get a bit of time off and, and time away in the bye period, but I think they needed to, to be really spending some time working on, on what they need to, need to do, and, and, and that's fixed plenty of things that have gone wrong for them. What about long term? From a playing perspective, if we feel the squad needs improving, how do they make that happen in the current market? There's not many players or top-level players off contract at the end of this year, so that they've gone hard for a few players. Obviously, Mitch Moses, Cam Munster, Mitchell Pearce. You know, they, they've made it clear that uh, George Williams is another, uh, the Englishman who's going to stay at Warrington for the next few years. So they've made it clear that they're trying to find a top-level halfback, but there's just none on the market. They've re-signed Adam Dewey for 12 months, but he's now done his ACL again for the third time. So where does that leave him for, for next year? You know, they've got Brooks off contract. They've got Dane Laurie, uh, Charlie Staines, two fullbacks off contract. So I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe hand Brooks another 12-month extension and try and hit the player market for 2025 because there's a lot of players off contract come November 1. But in terms of the market at the moment, there's no top-flight players that are going to change that club. 
What about the likes of a Jack Whiten or a Jerome Luai? I know that those guys maybe um, Whiten is you know a 2024 prospect maybe, and yeah. Luai is 2025. Are those two high level guys that a club like the Tigers could be really trying to target with big money offers? Well, I think Luai would definitely come into the equation for the Tigers for, for 2025. And Jack Whiten looks like it's going to be a, a two way split between the Dolphins or, or the Raiders for his services, whether he stays in Canberra or, or moves to Queensland. I think that's where that is for, for Jack Whiten. Uh, I'm not sure the Tigers are going to come into play for him. And I don't think he's the type of player they need. They need a, like Jack Whiten's an outstanding player, but he really needs a control in seven. And that's been the criticism around Luke Brooks. He's just not that control in seven. Jerome Luai is in that stage of, of his career where if he does leave Penrith, well, he can step up potentially and be that seven um, and be the general at a club at the moment. He's, he plays a part in, in Penrith outside Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary is the conductor there, no doubt about that. So I think he'll be ready by that stage of his career. So that's what that's what they need to, to work out. I, I, I feel like they probably got 12 more months of, of genuine pain, the Tigers, before they have to nail a marquee half for 2025. And that's why this year that they threw so much money at someone like Mitchell Moses. You know, they're going to make him the highest paid player in the game to join the club next year. That's on-field from a management point of view. Justin Pascoe, the chief executive, has received praise for his commercial results at the club. At times, he's also received big scrutiny. And the argument goes something like this. He's been there longer than anyone. He's been the boss and overseen these troubling years. Would the Tigers be served by an administration clean-out, MC? Yeah, I think the criticism and the praise is warranted for, for both elements. You know, footy clubs really should be judged on, on their wins and losses. That's fundamentally all the, all the fans care about. Obviously, you want them to run a sustainable business. Otherwise, there's no club, right? But fans don't really care m- much about the balance sheet. They care about the competition ladder. Oh, oh no. Charlie Staines has dropped it over the Western touchline. You honestly could not write this script. If you're a Tigers fan, you've gone from under your feet, waving the flag, ah, pee, ah, pee, and now you just sit down and point your head at the toes. That's how they, they should be judged, and if you're judging Justin on that, well, it's been a failure, and, and he has been a constant. But I, I feel like he's put the right parameters in, in place. I don't think anyone questioned the Michael Maguire appointment, you know, two-time premiership winning coach, once in England, once in Australia, to, to lead them, and that didn't work out. And, and the board... You know, have opted to go for Tim Sheens as, as head coach. They've got the centre of excellence there now. You know, they've got Benji Marshall, Robbie Farah back, Chris Heinenton's back there as well. So they've got these guys in and around the club. But, you know, the on-field performances are a reflection of, of the CEO, but I don't think you can take full responsibility for what that club has, has dished out this year. Michael Karianis, thanks for helping us pick through the wreckage that is Target Town right now. A pleasure, mate. No worries. Thank you, Saki. Headlines. Josh Giddy has been playing in the NBA for a while now, but this might be the moment he properly arrived. Isaiah Joe cuts back door. He couldn't get it to him. Giddy's got five to shoot. Giddy, three-pointer. That's good. Josh Giddy, another big bucket. He's got 24. The Australian registered 31 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds, as he helped Oklahoma City Thunder keep its NBA season alive. The Thunder edged past New Orleans 123-118. Next up, a do-or-die fixture with the Minnesota Timberwolves. A win there would get OKC out of the play-in tournament and into the playoffs. Fingers crossed for Giddy and the Thunder. Elsewhere, Chicago eliminated Toronto with a hectic comeback win. 
It was expected that the AFL's gather round in Adelaide could be the moment the league announced who might be succeeding outgoing Chief Executive Gil McLaughlin. But according to various reports, clubs have been contacted to let them know it won't happen this weekend. Dogs president Kylie Watson-Wheeler has emerged as a late contender for the position alongside longtime candidates Brendan Gale, Travis Auld and Andrew Dillon. Jake Paul is getting back into the ring where he will take on former UFC champ Nate Diaz. The YouTuber is coming off his first loss after being beaten by Tommy Fury. Paul tweeted that August 5th will see a funeral for Diaz with refreshments provided at the service and black tie attire requested. He's talking about the bout. He knows how to promote a bout, hey. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Channel 9 and ESPN for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.